Welcome all my favorite witches, warlocks, and lovers of murder. My name is Cola, and this is Round the Cauldron, an everything podcast, but mostly witchcraft and murder. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now go grab your coffee or tea and let's gather. Cult. It's a word we all know, we've all heard it before. We're all familiar with the stories surrounding Scientology, the Manson family, Heaven's Gate, and more recently, Nexium. But what about the not-so-popular cults? The ones that managed to sneak under the radar with little media coverage. Come gather with me round the cauldron, and I'll introduce you to some of the not-so-popular cults that terrorized and ruined so many lives. Welcome back, all my favorite witches, warlocks, and lovers of murder to another episode of Round the Cauldron, an everything podcast, but mostly witchcraft and murder. We've made it to episode three. Episode fucking three. Woo! That's such a big deal to me. You all have been legit fucking rock stars. So many of you have reached out personally and offered your support, advice, and love, and it truly, truly is one of the most beautiful things fucking ever you're checking out the social media shit and showing your love there like i see all of you and i appreciate you more than my words will ever ever be able to express so thank you thank you thank you a million times all right ladies and sirs let's talk cults the dictionary definition is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object It's also a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. So what starts these? What makes someone decide, hey, I think I'm going to go join this cult today? Of course, we're we're never really going to know how someone thinks or the why behind anything that they do. However, by understanding the four dimensions to a cultic group, it could maybe better help understand how easy it really can be to get caught up in the shit. Um, The first dimension is the charismatic leader. Uh, This is the person that started the group. They're very, very good at manipulating people. They're super charming and they really know how to read people. They know all the right fucking things to say. So they come along, they offer this message that's, that really just sticks with people. And once they get a few followers, then that's all she wrote. All they have to do now is get them to go out and recruit more people, and then they go recruit more people, and it grows and grows. And then this aura is built up around this transcendent belief system. Now, most religious and even political groups are going to have a transcendent belief system, meaning they're starting on how to get to somewhere better. So 
they're giving you the way to get to heaven or the way to get out of the fucking hell that you're living in. But in order to be a part of that group to, you know, catch that fucking plane to get to where they're going, you have to go through this huge transformational process, which they, they dictate and they tell you what to do and there is nothing else. Like, that's all there is. Um, the third dimension is the systems of control. Now, people think that they're joining something that's going to give them purpose and meaning. So, slowly, this cult, the heat, they start to turn the heat up. And then these people have to go through rituals or study sessions that get them more and more drawn in to this belief system. And as this person goes on, or as this process goes on, the person begins to adopt this like new worldview that requires all new behaviors. And most of, most of the time, like these people are required to like cut off from their past. So everyone and everything that they ever knew like that no longer fucking exists. Um, there's all kinds of different control mechanisms. Um, and there really are a shit ton of rules and regulations that these people have to follow, you know, all the way down to how they dress or keeping their hair a certain way. So however they can control these people, that's what they do. The fourth dimension are the systems of influence. Now the more subtle influences, so this is the peer pressure part of it. Older members, they'll model, model for the newer members, like how they're supposed to behave. And then before they know it, they're wrapped up in this other reality that they don't, they don't look to anything else. They don't question anything. They don't allow themselves to be open to any other explanation. Like, their mind has completely closed in on these new beliefs and this new worldview. And so the connections to the belief system is kind of like the glue that keeps them there. So now they're fucking stuck. There are so many different types of cults in the world. Like, I'm sure it's pretty simple to jump on the internet and type in a bunch of shit and you'll be able to find a like-minded one that you share some beliefs with. Not saying you should do it. Safety tip brought to you by cola don't go looking for cults to join them but you're getting what i'm picking up what i'm putting down right like it's just so easy and in all reality like just now coming out of this fucking pandemic and being so isolated for so long there's a damn train y'all hear it it's there we'll be right back okay now back to what we were talking about before we were really interrupted. Gosh. Okay, there we are. So there are plenty of famous cults that have popped up over the years, like the Branch Davidians and Jonestown, but sometimes it's the lesser-known ones that are more horrifying. Plenty of them go on for years, if not decades, because they manage to fly under the radar. A lot of them are still around to this day, and they're pretty fucking scary. So let's talk about some of the weirdest, scariest, and most terrifying cults that you may not know about. Trigger warning through the rest of this. The shit sucks. So the Ant Hill Kids, I had previously heard about them on another podcast that I listened to, and I was instantly like fascinated with it. Uh, however, my not-so-smart self who forgets things a lot thought it was called something else and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't find anything about it until I realized I was typing in the name of a movie not the cult <laughs> 
But this cult is called the Ant Hill Kids. Rock Therau. It's a French-Canadian name, and I'm really sorry. I know I said it wrong. But let's try again. Rock Therau ran a small doomsday cult in Ontario, Canada between 1977 and 1989. He exercised complete control over a dozen adults and at least 26 kids, most of whom he'd fathered himself with his nine concubines. What's a concubine, you ask? <laughs> a concubine is a woman who lives with a man but has a lower status than his wife. I have no idea why any woman would want to live that way, but okay. Um, now, before getting kicked out of the seven-day Adventist, Therau had amassed a following by organizing detox seminars for people who were trying to quit smoking and drinking. Um, he convinced several of them to quit their jobs and leave their families to live with him in the wilderness. And they became known as the Ant Hill Kids because of how hard he would have these fucking people work. Now, this piece of shit forced them to break their own legs with sledgehammers if they refused to do the work. Like, I could never. No. No, I would have been killed because I argue too much. I argue way too damn much. Therau predicted that the world was going to end in 1979, but he was all the way wrong, obviously. Here we are, 2021. But he still managed to successfully become a sadistic cult leader, demanding absolute loyalty and punishing anybody who doubted him. This is where shit's going to get rough, so here's your trigger warning. Trigger, trigger, trigger. It's getting nasty. He nailed children to trees and made his followers eat their own feces. And when he was pissed, like just being angry for no reason, he'd strip them down and beat them with a bat. He would pluck their hairs out one by one and all kinds of other fucked up abuse. He also refused to take any of them to the doctor. So instead, he would perform all of the surgeries himself and wouldn't use anesthetics. Um, sadly, this did result in one woman's death. Um, he pulled out her intestines. Uh, he also killed a child during a failed circumcision. And one more kid died after being left outside during a bl blizzard as punishment. It wasn't until 1989 that Gabrielle Lavallee who had been brutally mutilated by Therau on more than one occasion, finally escaped and contacted authorities. Um, he was given a life sentence, but he was killed in 2011 by his cellmate. Sadly, a good portion of his followers never recovered from their abuse, and they still continue to obey his teachings. I could not fucking imagine that at all. Fucking horrible. Next, let's get into a little cult called the Fall River Cult. Now, it all started when the body of a 17-year-old sex worker was found outside of a Massachusetts high school. Her wrists had been bound with fishing line, and she was horrifically beaten and sexually assaulted. Police originally suspected one of her clients, but a year later... The body of another sex worker was found on what they considered a makeshift altar. 
Later, a sex worker named Karen Marsden came forward fearing for her life. Um, she claimed that her pimp, Carl Drew, and another sex worker, Robin Murphy, were responsible for the murders. She said that Drew and Murphy were part of a devil-worshipping prostitution ring and that they'd been performing rituals and human sacrifices deep in the woods. Uh, more so, she was worried that she could be the next victim for cooperating with the authorities and giving this information. Now, the cops didn't give a shit, and they really didn't take her concerns seriously. Then, six months later, Marsden's body, or her toothless skull, rather, was found. Drew was arrested in April of 1980 and charged in Marsden's death. Um, another man named Andrew Mateus was charged in connection to one of the other murders that was connected to this alleged cult. Murphy pled guilty to second-degree murder and got a reduced sentence in exchange for her testimony against the other two. There are those that believe Murphy, who was aspiring to be a pimp herself, had ties to the occult and that that was the she was the real mastermind behind the ritualistic killings. So, I think they were trying to say like, oh, she practiced she was part of the satanic cult and she wanted to become a pimp, so she's making sacrifices to do that. I, I mean, that's what I picked up. I could be wrong. Um, others believe that the murders weren't actually devil worship and that it was all sensationalized because of the satanic panic that was going on at the time. So, yeah, look, there's something else that the satanic panic touched. Mateus died while he was in jail, and Drew has maintained his innocence during all of this shit, his entire time in prison. He says he's innocent, and he claims that Murphy was responsible for all of it. Um, most recently, in March of 2017, she was denied parole because the po parole board thought that she was just an untrustworthy shitbag. So they said, no, we don't trust you. You stay here. Next, I'm going to talk about Kashi Ashram. Um, there is a lot of stuff out there about this particular cult. A whole bunch of stuff on YouTube. I encourage you to go check it out. I am, of course, going to upload some of it to Facebook, but you should definitely go check it out for yourself. In the 1970s, a New York housewife saw visions of Jesus and two Hindu spirit guides. She gave herself a new name and started her own religion. Ma Jaya Sati Bhavagardi. I know, I, I, I'm horrible at names. I'm really, really sorry about that. She was the founder of Kashi Ashram, which, was a, which is a spiritual group that became famous in the 90s and early 2000s. And the religion promised kindness and compassion. However, ex-members accused Majaya of turning herself into a deity and telling followers that the guru is greater than God. And according to an investigation in the Miami New Times, dozens of former Kashi residents accused Ma and the movement of physical abuse, psychological control, kidnapping, and sexual assault. These mostly included beatings either performed by Ma herself or by her ordering somebody else to do it. At one point, she reportedly punished a boy who had been molested by another member 
by beating him. She then painted his penis black and made him parade around the grounds of their compound. Ma was also said to have been obsessed with children, and this possibly could be a result of her having several miscarriages with her second husband. Former members reported having to ask Ma's permission to have kids, and some of them were coerced into handing their babies over to her for training. Um, there's reports of at least four mothers from 1978 to 1982 that listed Ma Jaya or her husband as biological parents of their children on their birth certificates. Uh, but the most worst offense had to be when Ma Jaya forced her 14-year-old daughter to marry an adult member of the church ordering her to have sex with him and then checking repeatedly to see when and if she was pregnant. In 2012, Ma Jaya died. Unfortunately, her legacy has not. Kashi Ashram still exists today. And like I said, you can find stuff all over YouTube about this particular cult and their movement. Now we're going to move on to the Vampire King, Marcus Wesson. This is some really fucked up shit. Um, I know I said trigger warning before, but I'm going to go ahead and give another one because this stuff is pretty difficult to get through. In 2004, 57-year-old Marcus Wesson stepped out of his house in Fresno covered in blood. And the police that had already been called knew that something had gone horribly wrong. Piled in the back of his house were the bodies of nine of his kids and grandchildren surrounded by antique coffins. For decades, Wesson had cultivated and controlled an incestuous family of followers through manipulation and physical abuse. He followed his own spiritual practice that combined Christianity with vampirism, believing that Jesus Christ was a vampire and that the end of times were coming. Wesson kept his sons separate from his daughters and refused to let them socialize at all in the fear that they would develop sexual feelings for each other. And it's believed that this is primarily because he considered himself God and all of his daughters were his future wives. Wesson started to marry his daughters in 1974 and was already sexually abusing them when they were children, so that way they could bear even more children for him. It's believed that he fathered about 18 children through seven women, five of whom were very young girls at the time. After Wesson had declared that he planned to move his daughters and their kids to Washington State, several members of his extended family that knew what the fuck was going on, along with two of his nieces that had like rebelled against him and broke the fuck free of his bullshit, showed up to his compound and demanded that he release these kids. Um, the police were called, and when they arrived, at first they thought it was just kind of like a standard custody battle, but then they were it slowly turned deadly, and they realized, like, what the fuck was actually going on. Wesson was found guilty of nine counts of murder and several counts of rape and sexual assault, and he is currently sitting on death row. I hope y'all didn't think we were going to get through this without talking aliens. There's always aliens. The Superior Universal Alignment 
is a UFO cult that started in the 1980s by Valentina de Andrade. She claimed to receive messages from extraterrestrials and Jesus was an alien and he was going to send a spacecraft to save the true believers from the end of times. However, her beliefs came with one stipulation. All the boys that were born after 1981 were possessed by evil and they had to be purged, meaning they had to be killed. She didn't want them. Now, at first, she simply demanded that some couples turn their children over to other couples or grandparents or, you know, other family members so that way they'd be able to qualify to leave on her spaceship. However, that didn't turn out to be enough and things then became violent. Between 1989 and 1993, members of the Superior Universal Alignment are believed to have sexually assaulted, mutilated, or killed at least 19 boys between the ages of 8 and 13. Six of them died and five were never found, while the rest of the boys did escape. Uh, some of them had been drugged or mutilated, um, and that mutilation did include castration. It took 11 years for the Brazilian police to gather enough evidence to bring to trial, along with four male members of her cult, many of whom were prominent citizens in their remote Amazonian community. While all four of the men connected to the boys' murders were sentenced to decades in prison, Valentina was acquitted of all charges because she wasn't in the area when the crimes were committed. But wait, there's more. The Superior Universal Alignment still has an active presence online. Still has an active presence. Like, <sighs> next we're going to go to the Carney Cult. We all know what a carny is, a carnival worker. They're supposed to be fun, happy, but they all really just give us the creeps because they're fucking scary. That's all there is. I don't give a shit. There's not a carny worker out there that is not scary. You cannot convince me otherwise. Now, in 1991, a traveling carny named William Ott found out that a couple of his co-workers were involved in a cult cult that they called the Satan's Disciples, and he wanted in. The only problem was Mark Goodwin, Jimmy Pennick, and brothers Keith and David Lawrence didn't want him in their club. So basically, it's mean girls in the form of carny men. Uh, William wanted in that fucking club, though, so he decided he was going to blackmail the group with his knowledge that Pennick and Keith Lawrence had killed an 18-year-old boy earlier that year. But that didn't end up working out too well for William, and the five members of Satan's Disciples drove him out to a secluded area. They then told him to lay on a makeshift altar, and I guess he thought this was like some kind of uh, ritual to induct him, but he got on the fucking altar, and these men proceeded to mutilate and torture him. Uh, after tying and gagging William, the group invoked Satan before cutting an inverted cross into his body and killed him. They later cut off his head and hands, and then they tried to burn him, but they failed at that, so they decided to take the body to a field and dump it. 
Mark Goodwin's father is the one that found the body, and he told the police. So the members of the cult were arrested a short time later, and they they only served between 8 and 60 years for their crimes. And I say only because they fucking mutilated and tortured this man. So it should have been death or life, whatever. A lot fucking more than 8 or 60 years. It's just bullshit. Now, as you guys have heard with everything that we've covered today, I mean, it doesn't even begin to touch the thousands of cults, big and small, all over the world. Like, they're not going anywhere anytime soon, and they really have existed for thousands of years. I mean, think of the Puritans and all their wild beliefs and the shitty things that they did to people. I myself would consider that to be cult behavior, but that's just my opinion. Thank you all so much for tuning in and gathering with me round the cauldron. Please show a witch some love and go like, rate, review, subscribe, and share. You can find a list of all of my sources in the description. And don't forget to go check me out on Facebook and Instagram at Round the Cauldron Podcast, where I always share pics and other cool things that I find. As always, stay witchy, wonderful, and weird until the next time we gather round the cauldron.